Hey Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway superfans. From Broadway superfans. We're here with Jose Lana. It's like welcome uh, to the podcast. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If only we had a, a orderly introduction that we did every time. We well, did we these. do, but it's a can, so I'll just put it at the beginning. Good. <laughs> and then we'll lead right into it, and it'll sound like nothing weird mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna start off. We have ten questions that we ask everyone who comes on our okay. podcast. Okay. Quick response, first thing, whatever. Do you know Beth Level? I do. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> That's good. That's a very specific yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. She's our... We love her. I yeah. love her. Yeah. She's like our mascot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We've... We want to tell you where we... Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's we like love those, Beth Lowell stories. It's, it's those thousands of things that, that singers are asked to do all the time. We, we sang in a concert together, mm. and, and she sang like three songs, I sang three songs, and two other people sang like three songs, and... We just spent the the afternoon together, and she's like the coolest lady on the yeah. planet. Yeah, and uh, to hear her like sing the the Drowsy Chaperone song, <gasps> that song is so good. It's just and and also because I was a huge fan of hers before I met her. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first shows I saw when I moved to New York was Crazy for You. Ooh. Amazing, and she was just like you know I mean I mean she was just phenomenal in that, and so I was kind of starstruck and. Yes. One of the first shows that I saw when I moved to New York was Spelling Bee. What? Yeah. Oh my God, it, it says so much how much older I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I moved here. That's funny. And then alternatively, okay. when I was listening to your album, because I don't know Spelling Bee at all, I was uh-huh. like, oh, is this a song um, for uh, uh, Chip in the Beauty and the Beast? And then when I was listening <laughs> to it, I was like, no, what is this from? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like some people know it as Chip's Lament, too, because mm-hmm. we, you, we do that. It's, it's, it was it's totally like that, that. Well, it was like, it was like that, that, uh, that Dance 10 Looks 3 thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't mm-hmm. want they didn't want the, the punchline to be given yeah. away in the yeah. title of the song and the playbill. Yeah. So. Right. They're right there from Legally Blonde. Oh, also. yeah. Yeah. They're Another. European. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So funny. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's called They're Right There. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what shows do you most want revived? Um, what shows do I want, most want revived? Uh, I mean, I'm a Sondheim freak. Mm. I will always, you know, because Sondheim is kind of like Shakespeare where, when you take a really, I mean, it's so good when you, when a strong director comes in with a vision for it, mm. it's, it's so great to see different interpretations of the same show. You know, I mean, we've seen so many versions of company and Sweeney Todd in the last couple, in the last decade, 15 mm-hmm. years, and they never gets old, yeah. you know? And yeah. I think, especially company company, I think, uh, it's cause it's such a contemporary piece when you put it in a different decade and yeah. with this with with a, a contemporary director's hands on it and even in t- different interpretations i think and also you have, when you have a different kind of bobby mm. it's like you, when you when you change a central figure to be something really strong it affects the the the, the 10 friends and the 3 love interests mm. so directly that it makes the whole so i mm. that's what i'd love to see mm. yeah. yeah more stuff. Have you ever fallen asleep on stage while pretending to be asleep or dead on stage? <laughs> yes, and it's so <gasps> embarrassing. Oh my god, tell us everything. Okay, oh. so the worst, the worst part. Okay, okay, this is. It most recently happened almost when I was doing Here Lies Love, mm. because um, 
there's this one scene where President Marcos is in his the hospital bed, mm. right? And I I close my eyes for like the last half of the song, and I I I remember thinking, oh my god! And I open my eyes and like for like five measures had passed. <laughs> Thankfully, I, I was like, oh shit! Oh oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Song's not over. Okay. Good. <laughs> right. But the worst, the worst time it was. Um, I was doing. I did a show called Martin Gare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Martin Gare. Uh, Martin Gare. <laughs> Cameron McIntosh. Um, and we were in Detroit, and uh, we were. It was you know the show was going through a lot of changes, and we were exhausted, and it was also the holidays. So it was just my character gets killed at the end. I was the villain, and so I get killed. I'm the, the stage is on fire. And then I have to lie on stage, just like, just <laughs> dead, for and the entire last song, which is this huge ballad between the three leads, which were Hugh Pinero, Aaron Dilley, and Steve <gasps> Buntrock. Um, and so I'm like lying yeah. there. The whole cast is staring. You know, it's this big end mo- last song <laughs> moment, and the three leads are like singing their faces off. And I'm just lying there. And one show, I fall asleep. And you did. I did that thing where. When you wake up, your 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 body jolts <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> and like I remember, like jolting, and, and like when you don't remember where you are when you're in yeah, yeah. deep sleep, and I swear to God, half the half the cast like looked down and was like, "He's still alive! He's still alive!" Oh my God! That's so you know, hit him in the head again! Hit him in the head! <laughs> it was just rigor. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I, I was a I was a night walker. Oh God, I became I love, a night walker. I love when point. we hit the jackpot yes. on that question. <laughs> Although it's so embarrassing, it's like now Sorry. it's like don't. Don't fall asleep. Like, yeah, I mean, it's got to be really. It's it's hard. It's, it's like because like this because also because it's like you're uh, first of all I'm not not defending it. Right, it was right, a terrible right. thing to do. But like you're because you're so tense, and then the second you close your eyes, mm-hmm. like even in the King and I, you know, I'm never gonna fall asleep in that death scene in the, at the end of the King and I. But like when you close your eyes, and it's you 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 as an actor, you have to relax your body mm-hmm. to to pretend to be dead. Yeah. And sometimes that pretending, that that forced <laughs> relaxation, really affects you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've seen people where you like, like in Shakespeare too. There's a lot of death scenes where someone dies, and there's still a whole scene mm-hmm. beyond yeah. that. And that's that's part of the craft to like make sure you can, yeah, for, anyway, act yeah. like a dead fish. Yeah, yeah. it's like corpse pose and yoga. Active gotta death. Use a lot yeah, of active uh, focus. I like to, that. It takes a lot of focus to not do much. What's your favorite Broadway house? Oh my gosh. You know, I, I've been working for 20 years. Nothing will ever compare to the first. So my first King and I, my first, my Broadway debut was in the Neil Simon. Yeah. And I can't go in that house and watch a show without feeling sure. utterly nostalgic. Mm. Because because of the King and I, we had so many, there was not a Saturday where there wasn't a, a potluck dinner in between mm, shows. Cool. And it was always, and, and Neil Simon has this massive lower lobby. And we would have, Broadway Cares rehearsal down there. We would do our gypsy rehearsals down there. Sometimes we would have understudies. Would when they needed to go on, we would have a quick rehearsal down there. Um, so the Neil Simon is always mm-hmm. my go-to. Mm-hmm. I like that house too. Mm-hmm. How old is your headshot? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, my my headshot is not too old. It's only about two years old. And they were taken by my Here Lies Love cast mate, uh, Billy Bustamante. And oh. he's actually also responsible uh, for my album cover photos. Oh, mm-hmm. and he's so, very dapper, that album cover much. photo. Mm-hmm. I like it. Altitude, which we'll talk about yes. a little bit more. 
That's you... a hilarious question, though, because some <laughs> people will be like, uh, <laughs> 10 years old. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. We see you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're wearing you're wearing a mock turtleneck from 1995. Right, right. You look through the playbill and you're like, oh, I'm yeah. so confused. I can't find who's the, playing who the grandma. That, who that, right? Like who who played that older gentleman in that scene? Here. Oh, here he is. Oh, oh wait, what? Oh. The big giveaway to looks black 25 and white. in this. Yeah. There's so many people yeah. who don't have black, like, who never had black and white mm-hmm. headshots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. Do you read reviews? If, yes. I used to lie about it and say, oh, no, no I, I totally read them. I try my best to not, uh, you know, it's funny because I've always read them. And I think I found a way to not let them affect me. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, they say if you if you listen to the good ones, you need to listen to the bad ones, too. Mm. And um, and I do. I mean, I don't listen to them, but I, 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 I read the ones that are constructive. Mm. Like I, I stay away from the from the papers that I that I know are just going to be snide. Yeah. On just to be snide. Yeah. Um, and sometimes even those reviews are worth reading just to get an impression of, of what the show is saying to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's what easier. people are hearing about it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been working for a long time and sometimes those reviews can give you indication on why your show is closing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. And that's, and that's what it is. And then um, the reviews are there. I mean, I have friends who are critics you know, and I read reviews for other shows that, that you know, and because I enjoy that. And I enjoy finding, like, I just saw The Humans yesterday. Oh, so good. It's really good. Um, and I went back and reread that review and it was just really smart and really mm. beautiful, you know, so. I like reading them after I see yeah. shows. Not, yeah. not purposefully, but especially if it's a show that I know probably had a strong reaction from someone. I'm like, I want to know what What you thought thought about this. Or when you see a show and it's like, oh my gosh, they did not succeed, Mm. you know, Mm. and I'll be interested to see how other people felt similarly if they didn't or so. What is the show you've seen the most times? Mm. Oh my gosh. Just by, you mean like in person or like on, like, on television on the movie version i guess sure. in person but if well, there's is to, there a movie musical that you've seen like oh my god <laughs> are you kidding i mean i've seen the sound of music <gasps> maybe 200 times yeah oh, that's a good one there was a point in my life in my, when i was in grade school where i would watch it once a week like every weekend Amazing. i would just like just put it on and like try to do my homework to it and yes. um but then went through a whole Roger and Hammerstein phase when I was probably in grade school, right? Didn't we all? I, yeah, right? <laughs> Where, like, I discovered them all on videotape. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh. Um, But in person, I think I saw, like, <laughs> I don't know if people still do this. I did this a lot when I moved to New York. I second acted uh, yeah. lots of shows. They're a little bit more, the security's a little bit tougher yeah. now. But I second acted Les Mis, like, maybe 20 times. Amazing. Where, like, I saw... I got, it was really going to see on your, on my own. And then, mm. you know, cause you miss, you know, Monday more, you miss all the big stuff in yeah. the first act. But like I second acted Les Mis a lot just mm. because I was, you know, a college student and yeah. was too broke to pay for a ticket. Sure. And so I would just try to go and sneak in and stand in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Did you ever get caught? No. Nice. I second acted Miss Saigon once, mm. like 18 years ago, 20 years ago. And, they were. They, I almost got caught, but they thought I was in the cast. 
<laughs> oh, 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 oh man! But oh. the usher stopped me. I'm going me. into the show next week. I have to watch. I yeah. they told me to watch the show because <laughs> I'm a terrible liar. So, so the guy, oh the usher's like, "Do you have a ticket?" And I'm like, "No." And I <laughs> started shaking. Oh, He's like, "Oh, you're in the cast." I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah." So oh, that's why Take I would never of do that. that. Like racial face because blindness. You're like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. I mean, the thought of being arrested for like. <laughs> I don't want to talk about second acting anymore. It's funny. I've only ever second acted shows that were like on their last legs. So I was right. like, any seat in the house, <laughs> wherever I want to sit. Exactly. And who's going to stop that? No. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that in a long time. Oh, who would you fanboy over? Oh, I easily fanboy over like. Audrey McDonald. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I fanboy easily over the, like like I I was able to I worked with her briefly. We did a reading, but like when I, I mean, there you know, as we work as as a working actor, you meet a lot of people, but it's clearly the the CDs and the shows that that clicked with me when I was in high school. That because I they were it was such an influential time where I was deciding to go pursue performing. Yeah. The Secret Garden CD oh, for me, because it was a singer's musical, and it was the first and only thing that replaced my Les Mis obsession. Because mm. I was obsessed with Les Mis, probably <laughs> like middle school and, high, and and beginning of high school. And then when when Secret Garden came out, like everyone in my choir in high school became obsessed with it. Mm. You know, we went from being I want to play Eponine to I want to play Marta. You know, and I mm-hmm. I want I want to sing Dick, I want to sing Dickin. And I I we were one of the first high schools to. Uh, to, to do the right, get the rights and perform it in our, in our high school. And I, I play, I played Archibald. Yes. With a hump. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 I was obsessed and it was also with Manny Patinkin, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and Robert Westenberg. I'm like, it's the wolf. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I met Rebecca Luker, mm. I, 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 I was tongue tied and I wanted to let her know. And I also worked with Kay Walby who played Mary's mother. Mm-hmm. Both times I met both of them, I was like, I want, I want you to know how much mm. your voice, like, inspired me to, per, to pursue performing. And Rebecca and Kate could, could not have been more just, like, humbled by it. And, you know, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and it, it reminds me that how important soundtracks are, how important cast albums are. And I, knowing that the, 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 the cast albums that I've been on is, is doing that for younger performers, mm-hmm. you know, is that... It's this little link to Broadway, especially if you can't get to Broadway to see a show. It's like this record of it, which is why whenever a show that I do says it's going to do a recording, it it like makes my life Mm -hmm. because it's this little thing that I know that this maybe another chubby 14 year old Mm -hmm. Filipino kid is going to be going home and listening to that soundtrack and going, oh, I can play Chip Tones. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, cast recordings are the greatest tool I think we have for mm-hmm. preservation and passing along and our history. And outreach. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Outreach. Exactly. What was your worst and or best survival job? Um, I was a singing waiter on Spirit Cruises. Ooh. Have you heard of Spirit Cruises? No. It still exists, I think. I got the job out of high school. I, I did it. It's, it's this fleet of boats. It's a dinner cruise that goes up and down. Here it goes up and down the Hudson. Okay. In D.C., where, near where I grew up, it went up and down the Potomac River. Mm. And it's like a three-hour three hour tour. It's a three-hour <laughs> cruise. And it's just dinner and dancing. And your cocktail waiters are wearing these little black vests. Yeah. <laughs> and 
about two two hours into the cruise, they flip the vessel. <gasps> they sparkle and vest? it's gold lame. Oh. <laughs> right? And we now sing party we time. sing to a click track oh. of a medley of pop tunes <gasps> and fully choreographed. <sighs> and I thought it was the most amazing job to get out of high school oh my to God, prep that myself to great. go to New York. Yeah. And luckily for me, it was a job that I was able to say I moved to New York to go to college and I had a job waiting for me. They just transferred oh, me sure. to the that's New York awesome. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. I want to go on one. <laughs> so, right? but, it was, but it was so like uh, the, the hard thing is you didn't make much money because the, the people mm. thought you were performers and they yeah. didn't tip you. Oh, and sure. we like made sure. most of our money off oh, the tips. Oh, God. That's awful. But at the same time, you got to perform. Yeah. You know, and, and so that was a job I had my, my freshman year in college uh, before I got to King and I. Mm. And it, it was so great. I had an instant group of friends outside of college. They were all these older actors. When I say older, they were like in their 20s. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Adults. You know, Seasoned veterans. You know, like, who's this like 18-year-old, like pimply kid from Virginia? <laughs> and I, I, it was just, it was the best job. And some of my best friends today still are the waiters that we were waiters together on that, in that job. That's, that's awesome. awesome. So, that's so cool. Gold Lemay. So wait, was it like a choreographed moment that you were like, "Everybody, get ready! Flip. We're flipping over <laughs> our shirts." I uh. wish that would have been. Fun. That would have been, been good. That's so cool. But I, it was like literally like you're doing the show and someone taps and goes, "Can I get my coffee?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm like pirouette, pirouette, da da You want some cream? Oh there you go. <laughs> yeah, God bless Ellen Stardust Diner. <laughs> people work hard all right <laughs> last question yes if you had comps and a time machine where would you go and what would you see or when would you go oh my gosh <laughs> where would i what would i see oh i would go back to see like the original i mean again sondheim comes to mind but i would also go back to see like the original west side story production mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. With, like a young cheetah and like yes. larry kurt and like but all, and not just for the performers, but to see the different technology and the stage mm-hmm. and the and what they had to do with like well placed microphones on the floor. Oh yeah! Before body mics and 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 just the audience too. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to be in an old timey audience where everyone's like, "Let's go to the theater." Yeah, everyone dressed up for the theater. Yeah. And do everyone you think was it in is a... similar to like seeing a matinee at an MTC <laughs> play though? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are all asleep. But it's all the same people, just 50 years, years older. older. That's right. true. Right. And they still dress up for their, yeah. for their matinees. Yeah. You know. And their khakis and polo And they're unwrapping their candies and, and leaving it before the curtain falls. At least there's no cell phones going off. True. Yeah, there are. Although no, I mean, back in, back, back, in, back in the day. I was going to say, because the old right. people in the audience are the ones who how. can't right. remember how back to turn their cell phone off. Although more and more, theaters that I've been in... There's no cell reception in the room, mm. which is kind of like, I think, illegal. Like, not like, right. to, to do that on purpose. Yeah, because yeah, definitely you need an emergency. Yeah. But then uh, the box office just has to get a phone again right. because that's what Excuse used to happen. Me, sir, right. there's a call in the box office for you. <laughs> is there yeah. a doctor in the house? <laughs> is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> so funny. Well, let's let's. What should we talk about first? Let's I talk really about, want to talk about the, the King, King and I, I because yeah. that's where you started and yes. you just returned to the show yes. and as so, in the circle. title, one of the title roles, <laughs> not the I. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'd see that. I'm the and. Yes. <laughs> I'm the and. Yeah, it was, it's, it's been, a jo- I mean, it's funny because it ties into the album uh, so beautifully right. this whole year. Um, it's been this beautiful, like, full circle moment. And, and it started with, a, I did uh, the concert 
uh, for Lincoln Center for Songbook uh, last March. And I was forced to sort of take a look back. And this is mm -hmm. before The King and I, it was even happening. Although mm -hmm. coincidentally, when I did the Songbook concert last March, it was Lincoln Center's King and I first preview night. Oh. And it was literally across the street. Wow. Yeah. That's so and when cool. you do the Songbook series, you know all those big uh, digital posters up and down Lincoln Center mm -hmm. on 65th Street? My face was plastered all over mm. every poster for the night of my concert. And so all my friends in the King and I, which are which are many, yeah. have numerous friends, especially Ruthie, and they were like, um, it's our first preview and your face is all over, <laughs> your face is all over Lincoln Center. I'm like, I did my concert across the street. Um, little did I know, five months, four months later, I'd be going into mm -hmm. the show. So it's, you know, the show will always be something very sentimental to me. Like it literally made my, my dreams come true when I was 19 years old, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and it was so, I mean, it doesn't happen this way for everybody, obviously. Like it was so are you fucking kidding me? Is this really <laughs> happening? You know, like I was a freshman in college, yeah. snuck into an audition. That's amazing. And, <laughs> and I got the job, you know, and it was yeah. also just obviously luck and timing. I was exactly what they were looking for, the, exactly the right age, the right, the right voice type, doing the king and I, you know, yeah. when I was, you know, and so it was perfect and it was exactly what it needed to be. And I had such a great time in that show. The people at Donna and Lou and Lou were such great mentors and everyone in that show became like best friends it was fantastic and although all the kids are now in their mid-30s <laughs> <laughs> really weird um and so to do it again but this time from from the king's perspective and to go into such a beautiful production and to be reunited with ruthie and conrad mm -hmm. and um <clears throat> it was just just great and 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 my my time there last year my time my my return my brief return this year uh really fed into the theme of the album which was this look back yeah and it and it created this beautiful kind of 13th song which mm -hmm. was which is the puzzlement right which, and which you is arranged like, it right yes yeah. it was oh, like a so kim, cool. kim grigsby arranged oh, it okay from from the original oh, so it's but it's like your like jose oh Jose's yeah, yeah it's my version of it. oh yeah. i see i yeah. see yeah. misunderstood that that's so cool yeah. when when did you when were you first introduced to the king and i Oh gosh, you know I'd have to say during, and this is gonna this is gonna sound really weird. I like during my Rodgers and Hammerstein obsession mm -hmm. in, in middle school and grade school, I kind of avoided the King and I mm. because it was too easy a choice. I was actually, and I don't know. I, I'm even back then I was trying to be political. I'm like I don't want to do the King and I. I'll do Oklahoma. Yeah. I'll do Carousel. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sound of Music. I'm, I'm a Rolf. <laughs> Nazi. Um, <laughs> Just the time. Right? And so by the time I got to college and then suddenly I hear about this King and I, I really didn't know much about it. So I did a quick study. Actually, I, my first audition for the King and I was for the Mill Mountain Playhouse, a non-equity production. And mm -hmm. I booked that. And for that audition, I, I had to go home and learn We Kiss in a Shadow and I Have Dreamed. And then it was at that callback that someone said to me, are you going to go up for the Broadway production? And I, I didn't even realize that it was happening. So... I wasn't that familiar with it. I tried to watch the movie. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, as an Asian American yeah. actor, sometimes, as much as I love Rita Moreno, uh, mm -hmm. um, I forget the name of the guy who played Lunta in it, but he had the thickest, <laughs> not Asian accent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was so opera and so not a Burmese accent. It yeah. was like, mm -hmm. I'm sure, I think it was like either... A, a heavy like Latino accent. I don't know what was going on, um, but uh, it, it was it was hard to watch the movie. So I actually both times this time and 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 this recently I was doing when I went back into the show. Uh, my boyfriend who had never seen it, he's like, "I'm like, let's watch the movie." 
it got through maybe half the hour. <laughs> yeah, I've movie. actually never seen the movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. But that's what. But that's what so much of America knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, for, I, I get reminded in, in my two times in the King and I. Not, I mean, and this is beyond the Asian American population in this country. Where people like Midwestern Caucasian people, like it's their favorite musical. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And you're like, what? And and it's and it's amazing <laughs> because you know the show was written so long ago where during a time when Orientalism was a thing. Yeah. Where, like, the mysticism and the the foreignness of it was the exotic people was fascinating, too. Yeah. And it was one of the first times a lot of people uh, in this country were introduced to that kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never met an Asian person before. Mm-hmm. You know, their first introduction to it was Yul Brenner, who was Russian. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hmm. Uh, you know, and so it's it's fascinating, and but 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 you have to remember to to take the movie and when it was written uh, in the context of the decade that it was performed in. So, uh, thankfully, with every revival, um, and especially with every decade, and now especially with Bartlett's direction and, and Lincoln Center's beautiful production, it's told much more in the contemporary context, mm-hmm. where it's not about Orientalism; it's mm-hmm. about being true to the political situation in the country. At the at the time period that it was in, in the 1860s, and so it's 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 now we can we can they're stepping back from from the Orientalism and the foreignness and actually telling uh, a historical story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's one of the things that's hard to reconcile. Whenever you do a revival, you have to tell that story for today's audience completely, right. and that's where it takes a, a really strong director. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. I mean, again, because The King and I has been produced so many times, and and and. Fortunately and unfortunately, that you can see a lot of them on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and you'll see some 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 very well-meaning, like community theater productions of it, where you're like, wow, <laughs> yeah. someone someone pushed Grandpa out of his chair to play the king, and mm. he is giving me some weird Asian accent yeah. and some weird pigeon talk, and then, and it's meaning well, but it also speaks to the popularity of the piece. Sure, and, and right. People, it's and at its core. It's a story about finding common ground with a culture that you don't, you're not familiar with. Mm. Yeah. And, and so that it will always win out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I, The King and I is like one of the shows that I like really, really love. And then I'm like, but I mean, like if we never did it again, I guess, I mean, we have to be okay <laughs> with that, you know? And, that's, and, like... that's, and to be honest, like I, 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 as much as I love the opportunity that it's come back into my life, um, what I'm most excited about is, is new stuff. Yeah. New yeah. material. Absolutely. And 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 uh, the, all the revivals have have given me half my career. Thank mm-hmm. God <laughs> that they exist. Um, you know, and as 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 a, as a person of color and Asian Americans, especially there there are not that many roles that I can be the the lead of the show. Yeah, right? you know. Um, yeah, and I have to acknowledge that and and embrace. Thankfully, I'm I'm, I'm still young enough that if it comes back in twenty years, well, maybe I'll play it <laughs> then. There yeah. you go. You know, so we'll see. Well, so I was in researching for this uh, interview. I was mm-hmm. looking back at uh, Spelling Bee, which was one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. As far as Chip is concerned, well, and sort of on this topic, as mm-hmm. far as Chip is concerned, there's like an alternate character name. Right. Uh, and Berkowitz or something? Yeah, he's like Jewish That's, sometimes. Yeah, which is so annoying. And there's no real... As far as I can it? remember, there's no real reason for it, and there's no, no real identifier except for the name, right? right? And the name is my name. Yeah, it's a family name, and I and I got to name the character, which mm. uh, Rachel Shenkin and, and Bill Finn were so 
beautifully generous in saying, uh, so what's your name? What's your character's name? I'm like, what? So cool. what? Well, it was like a devised sort of musical, Well, it was right? Trip Barrington first. Oh, the right. The name was Trip Barrington out of yeah. the, when it was out of town. Mm-hmm. And Barrington was the name of the theater that, that it was at. It was up in, <laughs> up in, up yeah. in the Berkshires. Um, and so they were definitely had to rename him. And so mm-hmm. they're like, why don't we just ask Jose? And, and I chose a family name because mm-hmm. I wanted to make him Filipino. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I get it. The first, I think the first time I saw that they used a Berkowitz was in, I think, the Chicago company. Mm-hmm. And and uh, there's I mean, Asian people in Chicago. True, and, you know, right? <laughs> I'm from Chicago. Right. Here's yeah. I went thing. to school like, with Asian people. <laughs> I'm all for you know Marcy Park always tends to be Asian, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Although you know, the, my point is is that I'm I don't have an issue with them casting someone who's not Asian American. But keep it Tolentino. I don't yeah. see any mm-hmm. reason why they have to change the name because Tolentino actually sounds Italian. It does yeah. yeah. Um, and I I don't know. I just I think. That's that's an issue that I guess they made a decision about it when they was going out and being mm. licensed and they put so many alternative things in it and, mm. and whatever, what have you. But I'm just very proud that I think it's one of the first Filipino characters mm. specifically. But it's unfortunate because but, it's such a specific name. Only Filipinos would know. Because the <laughs> Tolentino is actually like, it's a very common name in the Philippines. Oh, yeah. So every Filipino knows that it's a Filipino mm. name. But mm. not that many people know right. that much about yeah. Filipino culture. Because Tolentino is like the Johnson of the Philippines. Mm. There's lots of Tolentinos. Now we know that. He was actually... Ooh, hello. Ah. Hello. Okay. He was actually Mark, one of Marcus's vice presidents. Oh. Which is a weird coincidence. Yeah. But not related to my family. No. That's funny. Well, I love, love, love Spelling Bee. I love it too. We... Uh, interviewed Rima Webb, who worked with Bill Finn, ah. and she did a Bill Finn impression. And I was just wondering if you had a Bill yeah. Finn impression. <laughs> We've never met him in person. So oh, right now, uh, <laughs> we all have a Bill Finn impression. You know, oh, it's, it's wonderful. like the singing little Debra. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Because my first my first experience with Bill, which was so specific, because I was the only new cast member for the off-Broadway production. Like, they, they, it was pretty much the entire company did it out of town, did it up in Great Barrington. And so when they hired me, and, and James Lapine and I were the only two new additions to the cast, I had a, they basically said, okay, well, when we start rehearsal for second stage, Jose needs to get caught up because everyone knows the music already. Yeah. So they sent me and Carmel Dean, one of our musical directors, mm-hmm. to yeah. Bill. They said, my agent's like, they want you to go to Bill's apartment. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God. They're like, so here's the music, and they're going to teach you the music in Bill's apartment. And so my, <gasps> first, exper- my first day of rehearsal That's was a so week before cool. rehearsal started, and I showed up at Bill Finn's apartment on the <gasps> Upper West Side with Carmel Dean and... And had to learn Pandemonium, the opening number, and and the erection song. Yeah, so. I, although I, the erection song, I'd learned the last half of it from my callback. Mm. But like, here I am, and and he's like, just sing it. Can, can you sing that? Sing it, sing it higher. higher. <laughs> it's like yeah. you can sing that. What is that? A B? Take it up. Take it up. And it's and it's hilarious because I was so intimidated, you know, because I'm such a falsettos mega fan. Yeah, and. To be in this, to be in in his apartment and like singing this song when I'm screaming my face off too. Yeah. It's like, I mean, Chip, you know, they they brought me in into that company because I I think because I had the high notes and mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, I'm great, you know, like <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a nine person cast with predominantly non singing people. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So like Derek Baskin and I had all the high yeah. notes, and Lisa Howard sure. and Celia had oh. all the high notes. So the four of us got all the high notes, and everyone else got like the fun character lower notes. You know? <laughs> um, and so it was uh, it was a, it was a joy that show will always be 
I mean, to this day, because we've had our 10-year anniversary last mm-hmm. year, and then we all got together again to support Jesse and his show in fully, for Fully yeah. Committed. Hello. Um, <laughs> and then um, we did a, a benefit for David Stone for a second stage a couple weeks ago where we were all in costume again. Uh. Like, that's we so all cool. keep these costumes, like, I've got it on, in a box underneath my bed. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Like my, amazing. All, it's, it's like super, it's like spelling bee superheroes. We're like, <gasps> in a moment's notice, Everybody, I've got my chip get on. Get your outfits out. It's like, put on those pink overalls, <laughs> Celia, let's go. You know? Oh, my God, I love and that. And Celia and I were waiting to go on stage, and she's in her, like, her, her overalls, and I'm in my my Boy Scout uniform. And I look at her, and I'm like, Celia, so when will it be? Because, you know, I just turned 40. Um, and she's not, but I'm like, when will it be? We're a little too old to be putting on these costumes. <laughs> but for gala benefit or not, she's like, poser, I think we're there. Think we're there. <laughs> um, but that cast and that company, um, to this day, it's it's been, it was one of the the closest and and funnest and silliest group of people. And I and I say that because it's. I think the chemistry we had with each other was so strong. Mm-hmm. We all truly enjoy and love each other. We're all slightly, oddly, we were all versions of our characters. Mm. Not that I walk around with a raging erection all the time or something, but no, like how we how we related to each other was very similar to our characters and 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 the mascots and 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 our closeness with each other. And it's just great because we're all so supportive of each other because we've all done different. I mean. And some of us are a lot more famous than the others, but you know, like the fact that you know, <laughs> even with you know Jesse's fame and Dan's fame and Celia's Celia's numerous Tony nominations, like we all, in a, when we get into a room together, we all mm. instantly become the kids that we were in that first day of rehearsal, that That's second great. stage, and we're just I just love it. I think, and we're all we all love each other, and we're all I think they're all such good, kind. And talented people. Like with, I love it when your friends, you can get to say, "Oh my God, I love you," and you're so freaking talented. Yeah, it's so amazing. So, now I will. I will endlessly always want to talk about smiling beads. Me too. Great group of <laughs> They're great people. That was the first lottery I won. Oh yeah, cool. you got to sit in the, fr- yeah. in the, in the, in the little cushions. Mm-hmm. Love. That's, oh, that's also the, that's nice. I'm sentimental. It's hard for me to go into circle in the square without mm. being like. This is not set up right. Right. <laughs> What's going totally. on? And also, it's because every show you see at Circle, the lobby looks so drab oh, compared yeah. to what we did to it. Yeah. Because mm. when you walked into the lobby for Spelling Bee, it was like, oh my God, I'm in a middle school. You know, yeah. if you go there it for any other show, you're like, like yeah. Circle's kind of sad. You're, like, <laughs> you're going into a basement here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Let's talk about Here Lies Love. Yeah. I love Here Lies Love <laughs> so much. Me too. So good, it was right? such a fun theater, theater experience. Like, so I can good. only yeah. imagine performing in that oh, type of environment just as, is, I mean, like... So much fun. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was spoiling, too, because, like, even someone like even even in The King and I now, like, I, I would sit there and, like, getting ready to go on stage for this long three-hour show and like, the amount of concentration, obviously, it takes... I'm like, oh, I miss, I miss your Liz. Love. Like, <laughs> like sweaty fun for 90 minutes. Yeah. You know, where I just literally just jumped on stage and had silly fun times with the audience. And then suddenly the show's over, you know? Yeah. Like that show was, it was like the perfect storm. And I hope everyone in their career has something that was so good mm-hmm. um, that was saying something. That educated people yeah. on a piece, piece of history that a lot of people didn't know about. Right, no shoes, like any other no, dumb American. The shoes, right? That's right. all I knew. Right. And for 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 me as a Filipino American to have purpose in that, to be able to say we're telling a part of history 
that needs to be remembered. Because even a lot of young Filipino Americans don't know the history of their country totally. because it was so bad that mm-hmm. their, their parents fled sure. and didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. But you can't not talk about history. It's like you can't talk about slavery, right. not talk about slavery and just ignore that it happened. Or it's just, mm-hmm. or like the Holocaust too. It's like mm-hmm. n- bad parts of history need to be remembered. Yeah. And, and, and for, I mean, even now, it's, it, it makes my blood boil. Martial law is not taught in grade schools in the Philippines. Really? There are in, there's an entire generation and, two, and wow. second or third generation of people who are in their 20s and 30s in the Philippines now, young millennials who they're like, so do, tell me, do you know about martial law? And they're like, no. They're like, wow. can you tell us, what do you think about Marcos? He's like, oh, he was a strong leader and he, <gasps> he kept the country. Wow. And they're that's like, no, like, no, that's yeah. not what happened. <sighs> and so that, that it's like that, internment it, camps here. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, you have to remember. Yeah. And so that to have that experience and that, and then having it also be fun. And then on top mm. of that, and there's this third element, like, yes, a show that's good and important that, that happens, a show that's fun, mm. that the fact that those two things are together, mm-hmm. because usually those yeah. things aren't very together, but you can be in a part of a really serious right. show and, and, and it's important, but it's like dredging through like two hours of pain to get mm-hmm. through. But then the third element, which doesn't always happen where the audience loves it mm-hmm. and it starts selling out and like it's a hit. And, and I remember Oscar Eustace came and, sp- and spoke to us the first summer we opened to the public, you know, and, and me being the veteran of the cast and literally being the oldest person in the cast. And like, they called me older brother, Kuya, which is mm-hmm. Filipino. <laughs> I know what it's like to be in a hit because I've lived through the non-hits. Mm, like yeah. We've all had a little wonderland in our, in our careers, <laughs> you know? We loved um, wonderland. <laughs> and, um, to have Oscar Eustace tell the younger kids in the cast who are in like their early 20s, it's like, this doesn't always happen, happen, happen. happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> don't complain. Yes, it yeah. is hot in the theater, but don't complain. <laughs> no, no one's making any money here at the public theater. So right. enjoy that it's popular. Enjoy that it's, that it's, that, and, and I will forever, and the fact that we made a, a cast album. So it's mm-hmm. always, it's forever recorded. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it, that, that show will always be like Spelling Bee, a King and I Spelling Bee and Here Lies Love were like this little, trifecta of like you know so many people work their entire careers to have one of those op- mm-hmm. experiences and and it it will and we're, we're because it's also very filipino the cast predominantly filipino um it's very family and we all mm-hmm. get we all have little mini reunions like they all came to my concert for the album That's two weeks awesome. ago That's three great. weeks ago so it was great that's so cool. And that is that Ruthie on the album? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yes, it is. Miss Ruthie Ann Miles. Yeah. Tony I Wanna. didn't see her in Here Lies Love. Yeah. I saw her oh. fantastic understudy. But J.G. Mafuga, yeah. who's, who's in School of Rock now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> but at least, but Ruthie will always be on that album. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I've got, I've got video. Oh. Secrets. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, can we talk about Wonderland a little bit? Sure. Because we loved Wonderland. <laughs> like, we really enjoyed it. It was a fun show. It was great. It was a fun show. Oh, my God. And also, like, everybody was saying hello. I mean, I mean, obviously, like, America doesn't understand how great Frank Wildhorn Frank is. Frank Wildhorn. He's fucking awesome. He writes for singers. Yes. You know, I might, like, my, I remember my audition story for Wonderland because, you know, we worked on it for three years. Yeah, you and you were in it from Tampa on. Uh-huh. Yeah? So two, cool. two Tampas. Two Tampas. Oh, my goodness. Houston. Uh, two Tampas in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> two Tampas in Houston. Um, I remember it was one of those things, uh, God, when, when was the, uh, the, the initial audition was like five, six years ago where, you know, I, I've, I've been a Wild Horn fan, you know, I, I, everyone sings his music and I, this is going to sound so unprofessional, but like, 
it was in the middle of the summer, and I think I was go- heading out of town. On like it was like, and they're like, your audition's on Friday at four o'clock. I was like, no, <laughs> okay, all right, be professional, Jose. And uh, I was trying to make a train, right? And so I was kind of distracted, but like I knew Frank was in the room, you know. And some for some reason, I I I got, uh, I just got called into like the finals. Like they 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 they, they were familiar with me, but they anyway. Um, and the character breakdown was, you know, uh, he's a cat. <laughs> Latin right. lover, silly, mm-hmm. and I got a note from the cast director who I know. They're like, just be as silly as you want to be, and that was a little bit of license, <laughs> right? So I went in there with like the thickest, annoying accent you could possibly get. Well, first of all, I sang a big pop song to start, and um, Frank Wildhorn was in there, and he's like, you know, grinning for, like <laughs> like a Chester cat, yeah. and he's like, you know, who, you know I, I was there when they recorded that song. <gasps> what I'm like, song what? was it? I can't tell. I can't oh, tell. Okay. I because I, I I need to st- I've, I've learned to stop talking about my audition songs because oh. I don't want everyone <gasps> secrets. To say it. Yeah, yeah, they are your yeah. secrets. But like oh, Frank, good. who was a big pop arranger yeah. in the '80s, mm-hmm. was like, I know that I knew I was there, and and I know that I was like, nice, <laughs> you know, yeah, and uh, and then I sang. Uh, the the song that they gave me for the Cheshire Cat, which is this ridiculous song. Oh no, no, and then I sang, I sang, I also sang um the what's his name, a Mark Anthony song. Oh, need to know. Oh, but I sang it as if I was a, I was the El Gato, okay. <laughs> like kind of silly yeah. and like hips thrusting. And I, at this, at one point, I think I went up to the audition table and I started playing with their papers and making it into a hat or something. I mean, ridiculous. And I, I, they were, I, they were all laughing, and I left the room, and I'm like, oh god, I think that was a little too much, <laughs> a little too much. So I get on the train, and I get a call from my agent like an hour later. I'm like, oh, he's, he's like, what did you do in that room? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, why? I'm like, it was a bit, it was a too much. I don't know, I was distracted. Uh, I'm sorry, it, it was a, was a bad feedback. And he's like, no, you're the first offer. <gasps> And so you're, cool. and they're like, and they said, don't change a thing. Amazing. They're like, you came in there with this character yeah. that they think is the Elgato and they want you to, to just keep, <sighs> keep going on it. And that was, a le- it was a lesson for me. And I think it's what I, I always trace it back to Spelling Bee. Spelling Bee was the first time, because I did a lot of improv in high school. Mm-hmm. But when, you, when I started working in New York in 90, 96, all I did was like Young Leading Man and like Roger Hammerstein mm-hmm. and On the Town and... And flower drum song. So I, I just did a lot of kind of straight singing. And I I was never given the opportunity to be funny, mm-hmm. even though that's where, I, where I'm really comfortable. Yeah. And Spelling Bee was the first time I was given license to be funny and to be silly. Yeah. And being in that company for two years, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Like, watching Dan Fogler and Jesse Tyler Ferguson work is like a, it's like a lesson in comedy, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I went in there as Elgato, kind of just dumb and silly and completely not holding back. And I always have to thank Spelling Bee for that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can be just silly and not have a, an end goal. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes yeah. that's what helps create a character. Yeah. Totally. You know? And I started making little things that became kind of character kind of things for him. And so <sighs> that was I my f- walk. I feel like having, we're both, uh, we met in uh, doing improv mm-hmm. we're from UCB. And I nice. think that improv is the best oh. skill you can have Completely. as a performer. I mean, it, it, it gave me confidence so on stage. Yeah. In high school, I, I did this, I did theater sports in high school mm-hmm. nice. and we competed. Um, and uh, I, I was, it was what all the cool kids in drama did. As, yes. if, there, if there's a, such yeah. a thing as cool kids in drama. Yes. Uh, so I was part of the drama club only in like my sophomore and, and junior year in high school because they did musicals. Mm-hmm. Like I was a choir kid 
and then drama was like, oh, they, they'll do the musical. I'll go do the musical. Oh. Uh, but then my I got had some older upperclassmen who did improv. And I would sit and watch being completely intimidated, mm. you know, going up there with nothing mm-hmm. and being given like an object and a location and a purpose. Not even, Sometimes not even a purpose. It's like, ah. Uh, um, but then just coincidentally, I, I was thrown in my junior year at, at the last minute because I needed a replacement and I completely bombed. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this yeah. is terrible. But breaking my, like popping that cherry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's important. Was like catnip i'm like okay i, I gotta do it again i gotta i gotta get back and so the our, my senior year coincident obviously all the upperclassmen had graduated and so i was left with me and and three of my closest friends and we created a team That's awesome. and we i mean not to toot our horn <laughs> but we kind of took the the theater sports circuit by storm that yeah. year because all, the four of us were really strong in different places like we like i was the I was the the singing ethnic, like yeah. shtick. Whenever they needed something, like and and we had our, our friend Chris was like the talker, and yeah. and 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 Dusty was like our our athlete. Our athlete, he would always do a handstand or a flip <laughs> or something. And our, our and Jordana was like our girl, so she did all the girl parts. And I was always the one that came in and brought some ethnicity. Like I was either Chinese or like or, or, or like Middle Eastern or something, mm-hmm. and or, and then I would sing. Like, I yeah. was the singing ethnic guy. Sure. And we even had T-shirts made where I was, like, singing <laughs> ethnic guy. Oh, that's great. But because of that, we had a really strong team. Like, and we could we could go to any challenge and, mm-hmm. and do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always credit theater sports as the one thing that gave me enough confidence to, to pursue performing professionally. Because totally. if you can be on stage with nothing yeah. and make people laugh... Mm-hmm. Then you can you can go into an audition room and, and sing to the most scary person on the yeah. planet. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, so yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk a little bit more about the album. Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned a few times, it's sort of like a, a look back. There's right. Almost all of the songs are from shows you did. Not all songs that you sung in the shows, right. though, which I loved. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of non-theater. Yeah, songs. mostly pop stuff. Yeah. Right. So, how would you choose what to? You know, uh, so much of the of the album was chosen because of uh, my my collaboration with my musical director Kimberly Grigsby, uh, who is a goddess, and and the reason why I, I was able to have any confidence in the con- in the concert and also in the album, and she really kept steering me towards. You know, I would pick songs, and she's like, like you, she's like she kept trying to make sure that I pick songs that I had a really strong connection with. Not just that we're in my career, but songs that meant something mm-hmm. to me. Songs that I could easily... Because she's like, you're going to be going back to these songs for the rest of yeah. your career. <laughs> um, and so uh, more than half of the album, there was no question I would put certain songs. I had to put some King and I. Uh, I Have Dreamed and We Kiss. And, and, and The Puzzlement was the last, was the last add-on, obviously. Um, and then the, the show that, that, that really, to this day, I think woke me up musically was Saturn Returns, mm. was Adam Gettle's Saturn Returns. Mm. And I was really young when I did that at the Public Theater in 98. That was in between uh, King and I and, and Rent. Right. You know, and I was 22 years old, 21 actually, when we opened. And to sing Adam, Adam's music at exactly that point in my career, it just spoiled me, which is why I think mm. Altitude comes from right. Icarus. Icarus mm-hmm. is the second song in the album, and which Icarus... Uh, kind of became kind of my mantra for most of my early career. The flying too close to the sun and, and, yeah. and fear of failure and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, kind of a metaphor for what we do. So, mm-hmm. um, 
And so like those, when all those kind of fell in place, there was a couple of songs. I needed to get a Sondheim song in there. Yeah. So even though I've never done a Sondheim show and the link to link that with marriage equality and all I've done with, mm-hmm. with LGBT uh, made marry me a little kind of put, be put on there. And then I wanted to get an original song that hadn't been recorded. And that was the, the pretty, pretty dead girl yeah. song. And then the la- the two pop songs are songs that are directly tied to my, to my life. Uh, one is dedicated to my niece and nephew, the lullaby mm-hmm. song that I sing to them. And the other one is to my partner mm-hmm. thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, every song, thankfully should be is very very personal so yeah um i'm just really really proud of the album and i yeah. hope everyone enjoys should it everyone be. should get it altitude yeah. i think it's a perfect i feel like you a lot of people who put albums out um are trying to like shake up the album structure in a way and mm-hmm. i really value people that are like i'm gonna do a broadway album with yeah. broadway songs <laughs> and then like throw us a few pop songs but like yeah. i really appreciate like a solid broadway album with yeah. with all the new broadway stuff that's happening and old yes. stuff. yeah like, and but i mean to be I honest broadway albums. <laughs> <laughs> it's also just a reflection of my career i've been lucky mm. enough that the 20 years i've worked it's I've I've flip flopped very frequently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from traditional revivals to kind of like rock and roll contemporary. Yeah, you know, to go from King and I to Saturn Returns to Flower Drum Song to Rent uh, to On the Town to yeah. Here Lies Love. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and then that's where thankfully, huh. you know, I always I always tell people, young young people when I when I teach in the theater camps, it's like when you are a person of color, you, you really have to work on your, on your versatility, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what's kept me working. Like yeah, if I yeah. only did King and I and Flower Drum Song or On the Town, then nothing would have fit mm-hmm. into doing the kind of singing that I do in Here Lies Love and Rent and, and Santa Returns, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So um, my, hopefully, I mean, although I, I learned my lesson in, in both concerts, both in Songbook and the Joe's Pub concert I did three weeks ago. Uh, it's a bitch to sing all those songs. All <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, some of these are pretty high. And uh, I sang that when I was 20 and yeah. I'm not 20 anymore. But like, um, it's, it's, I'm proud of that. I'm proud that they're difficult. Some of them are really difficult yeah. songs. I mean, get all, come uh, on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But it keeps me on my game. It keeps yeah. me on, on my game. And, and uh, um, you know, I wanted a record. You know, I, I my partner and I always say it's like I want my niece and nephew to listen to this twenty years from now mm. and go, "This is this is my uncle." Yeah, like, yes. at the twenty year mark of his career, mm, and so, cool. so it's kind of cool. Well, thanks for joining us yes. and talking thanks about congratulations. a lot of our I favorite shows. I chit chat with you guys all yeah. for like hours. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Everyone, go buy Jose's album Altitude on iTunes. Yes. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us, and leave us a comment, and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater! theater.